It is so good to be home with you. Um, We had an amazing, amazing time in Ireland. Uh, Getting to be home, for those of you who are new, uh, that's where my son Jackson was born. We lived there for two years while Lori was getting her Ph.D. at a university over there. And we were able to go back this summer. That's where we've been the last few weeks uh, while we've been away. And what an amazing time. We were able to visit our little church in Belfast there. I preached there uh, three weeks ago. And what a great time to see those little kids that were born around with Jackson and now fully grown. We, remem- we were remembering when we could put them all in their little uh, baby seats and shove them under the pews during church. And... Uh, and uh, now there's no way they'd even fit under there. And so we had an amazing time. But uh, we are, uh, are now, I guess because we're unpacking, I thought this just fits uh, with, our, with our theme. And so I want to invite you to take your Bible. And Jeff, I forgot to bring the clicker in, so I'll just say next slide and you'll go on, all right? All righty. But let's uh, turn to Romans chapter 6. I think it's ver, uh, page 771 in your pew Bible. If you want to grab one of those, if you don't have a Bible, uh, we want that one to be your gift. We want you to have a Bible. So take that one home with you and use it. Keep coming. Ask questions. Um, this is a great, great uh, time. So let's, let's read this. Romans chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. Would you stand, those of you who are able, and let's read the word of the Lord. Now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. Now, last week, Joe talked with you about fruit, or I guess it was two weeks ago, talked with you about fruit. That benefit you reap, that is the same word, the fruit that you reap, that leads to holiness. And the result of that is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Father, I pray that we would hear the good news of Your goodness to all humanity. Bless us, we pray. Take my words, break them, and make them for us the bread of life, which we are so in need of and hungry for. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's move to the next slide there, Jeff. We had a great, great trip uh, to Northern Ireland, so I thought I'd show you this. And, and the first, when we first got there, uh, we decided we weren't too far from the park where we used to push Jackson around in his little baby stroller. They call it a pram. And we would push him around there. It's a beautiful, a beautiful place. But I want you to notice the weather there. So it's kind of cloudy. I mean, that's what you expect in Ireland, right? L- you know, a little bit of rain all the time, kind of cool. Uh, they're, they're kind of of the opinion that if they hit 70 degrees for a string of days, it's like 
on the radio. It's like, there's a heat advisory, sorry, advisory. And uh, keep your kids indoors and make sure they're hydrated, you know, all that. And so when we touched down, we were really trying to just stay awake, to get on their times, trying to stay awake until evening. And then we'd sleep and we'd feel better in the next morning. So we decided to go on a walk. You can kind of see Jackson's dressed up there. He's got his zip-up uh, jacket. Let's go to the next slide. Uh, here's the little lake we would walk around. And there's Jackson sitting in the throne of Belfast, I guess. And, uh, and again, you can kind of tell it's, it's cool. It's cloudy. Uh, move to the next slide. You'll see here we are in our favorite Starbucks. And uh, you see he's got his now uh, a zip-up hoodie. Because it's, you know, it's typical, normal, Belfast weather. You know, 65, a little overcast, rainy, cool breeze blowing off the Irish Sea. Uh, it's just lovely. And we're standing up there just looking at, uh, at people go by. And we used to take him here when he was just a couple of months old. And we'd sit and people watch and have a good time. But then about three days in, something shifted in the weather. Now, even the Weather Channel app didn't pick this up. And so we've moved, and you would not believe, let's go to the next slide, you would not believe that this is Northern Ireland. Right here, yeah. Let's go to the next slide. And we're going around, that's Jackson in the red swim trunks, in the water, in the Atlantic Ocean, as far north as Winnipeg, Canada. In the ocean. There he is. Out in the sea. Let's go to the next slide. He's having fun. He is, he is playing badminton. And, uh, let's go to the next slide. We're, there are even dolphins are excited about, about how warm it is in Northern Ireland. And we are just having, the only problem is, is that we brought suitcases full of jeans and sweaters and zip up hoodies and sweatshirts. And we didn't go as far as long underwear, but, we were unprepared. We were not ready for this kind of weather. And so you know what happens. Then you're just trying to dress as coolly as you can, you know, long sleeve t-shirts or maybe a light sweater, but you're walking around, you're seeing the sights. There's no air conditioner in sight anywhere. And, and when you order a Coke to cool off the ice, there's like maybe two cubes in there. And that's about it, because that's just kind of how they do things. Uh, you can't go and just buy a bag of ice. Uh, you got to kind of search around for the right store to find a place. I mean, it's just one. We were unprepared. So thank goodness. Let's go to the next slide. There was a pre-mark. That's right. Now, you're not as excited as we are, because pre-mark means cheap clothes. It's, uh, it's kind of like our old Navy, only less expensive, you know, little trendy clothes. And you could go in, you could buy shorts and you could buy short sleeves and, uh, because they sell it anyways, you know, 65 heat wave, you know, they're out in shorts, white legs and all. And, uh, we were just so glad we could go and you could get into clothes that just had the right feel. Let's go to the next slide. Have you ever been there? I mean, maybe it wasn't packing. Maybe you had the opposite. Maybe you packed a bikini and it was a snowstorm. Uh, I don't know. But have you ever been there where you just felt unprepared, like what you had in your suitcase wasn't what the Weather Channel said? You weren't ready. 
Well, maybe it's even more than that. Maybe it's beyond just clothes and being ready for the weather outdoors. But have you ever felt like you just weren't prepared for something? Like, like you just didn't quite have the skills to manage the situation. And so because of all of that, you kind of botched it. You, you messed it up. That could be something in your relationship. Maybe you just didn't learn from your parents or, or you didn't get all the great communication skills or, or, or maybe just in your relationship you were frustrated and your attitudes were, were just out of whack and so you kind of messed something up in the relationship and it, it hurt somebody's feelings. Maybe you just don't know how to show grace or love. Maybe that there's that criticism that just seems to flow out of you so easily. Maybe it's on your own rights. You just think that my rights are the rights and, and those guys. And you always tend to just have that idea of putting yourself first and getting all that you can for you. And, and you just wind up botching things over and over and over and over again. And it hurts the relationships. It hurts you in your jobs and in your work or in your schools or with your families. Have you ever been there? I mean, we've all had things in our suitcase that just don't seem to help us. So what does the Bible have to say about this? Let's, let's move on. I want us to, to look at, our, at this passage. And for some of it, we need to understand some of the background of what was happening for this church that Paul writes to in Rome. That's where we get the letter Romans, Paul's letter to the Romans. So there was a church there. This was not one that Paul had founded. Someone else had founded the church in Rome. And it started like most Christian churches of its day. Uh, There were Jews who came to understand that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah. And so they converted to Christianity. They stayed in their synagogues as long as they could until they were pushed out because the, the others did not believe that Jesus was this Messiah. Eventually, though, this little church began to get non-Jewish converts as well. And this is the beauty of the gospel that Paul would preach as he went throughout uh, the, the region of what we call nowadays, uh, you know, Eastern Europe and Turkey and that area. And we begin to see this. And so, but something happens to this little church of Jewish and non-Jewish Christians Claudius, the emperor, Caesar Claudius, expels all the Jews from Rome. Uh, We catch a glimpse of this in Acts chapter 18, verse 2. You can look at it where where Paul and Silas run into someone, a, a Jew who was from Rome who had been expelled and was a believer in Christ. Most scholars think this happened somewhere between 41 and 46 AD. So what did that mean? It meant that now in that little church that was filled with Jewish Christians and non-Jewish Christians, they're just kind of left with just non-Jewish Christians. And they take over the leadership, and evidently the little church was just continued to chug along and do okay, uh, just with the non-Jewish Christians in charge. But then, after about five to ten years, the decree was overturned, and the Jews were coming back, And now this little church is struggling. Okay, who's in charge now? We've been doing this on our own for five to ten years now. We've kind of got our rhythm going. We've got things happening. Everything is good. Who's in charge? Neither side was prepared for this. 
Their suitcases didn't contain the tools that necessary to make this work. So let's go to the next slide there. So some of the Jewish leaders came back, scholars say, just assuming they were back in control. We've been gone, but now we're back. I don't know. Is that elitism? I don't know. They're just, you know, we're here we are. Thank you. We'll take over. We'll take back all the stuff that we were doing and you guys can just stay in your place. There were some of the non-Jews who went along with what Rome had decreed while the Jews were away. And they assumed the worst about the Jews. Even those Jews that were their brothers and sisters in Christ. So Paul's letter to Rome is something advanced. He wants them to join in with the ministry that he's trying to do and raising funds for a, a problem in Jerusalem. And he's also trying to move through Rome and then go on into Spain and, and begin to build churches there. So he's introducing himself. But he's also heard the grumblings that these Christians in Rome, Jew and non-Jew alike, don't have what they need. Or they're not using what's available in their suitcases. They haven't made their trip to Premark to get the things that they need for the journey. And so Paul levels the playing field. And he spends the first 12 chapters unpacking great theology. But all of his theology in all of this is that the playing field is level. Jew or non-Jew alike. Let's look at Romans chapter 3, verse 23, 22 and 23. This is kind of in a nutshell. He spends a lot of time right before this. I encourage you, just read the book of Romans. You'll see this. And the the height of it is when we get to chapter 12. But he says there is no distinction. For all has sinned. Everybody say all. Jew, non-Jew alike. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let's move on to the next slide because I think we need to, to look at some of these kinds of things. So what does sin mean? Well, the word there in Greek, and I'm not going to have you say it three times because we, we got to keep moving on. So just work really hard at remembering this one with one time, okay? It is the word hamartia. Everybody say hamartia. All right, you got it. Good. Put that in your long-term memory. It literally means to miss the mark. It was originally a, an archery term. You were shooting for something and you missed it. To fall short or to fall below the goal that you were looking at. And it later on in Greek language took on uh, some terms around in, in, somewhere between injustice and outright just doing something rebellious. It was kind of a catch-all of all these things. But you were shooting for something and you missed it. What were they shooting for? They were sh- shooting for God's glory. Now that's, that's kind of an ambiguous term. So I've, I've put a slash there and put God's reputation. What God looks like in the world to not live like Christ Jesus did. If you were to go back a few, uh, a couple of books into John's gospel in chapter one, John would say, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son of God filled with grace and truth. So he's saying, all have fallen short. You have shot for God's reputation. You wanted to to show God's grace and truth into the world, and you have missed it. You did not live like Jesus did. And he says, we have all missed this. We have all packed the wrong things. We were unprepared. 
And we know, you know, I know, that when we're unprepared and we miss those things, it leads to some form of death, doesn't it? In our relationships. I mean, just husbands. When you say the wrong thing to your wife, does it feel like, yes, life is good? Or does it feel like you're wearing a sweater on a hot and an 88 degree day in Ireland? You know, it leads to death, right? Kids, when you sass your dad, does it feel good? No. Or does it feel uh, uncomfortable, hot? Now, these are some minor, minor examples, but you see what I mean. We're shooting for something, and we're missing it. And when we miss it, it leads to some form of death in relationships. Let's move forward. Uh, One slide there, Jeff. So we should not be surprised when Paul writes, for the wages of sin is what? Death. We know this. This shouldn't be like, aha, it should be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Of course, we know when I'm shooting for something and I miss it. And what I'm shooting for is to show grace and mercy and truth, to show humility and compassion, to not cons- to to consider others better than myself, and to look to the needs of others rather than to my own needs. And I miss that. We know it begins to lead to the breakdown of relationships. It leads to the breakdown of of families. It can even lead to literal death for you. And it can lead to the breakdown of what God is trying to do in your life, in my life, and in the life of the church, just like this little church of Rome that was at each other back and forth trying to figure out this whole thing. And they're thinking, this is just feeling like death. And so Paul writes this to them. It's interesting that wages, I'm not going to give you another Greek word, but wages, literally the Greek word for wages there, means, are you ready? It's very theological. Meat price. For the meat price of sin is death. This comes out of a Roman understanding. If you were a soldier and you did your job and you were doing well and those kinds of things, they would slice off meat from the thing and hand you that as your payment. But it's interesting that Paul uses this word because in the same way it means something has to die for you to receive. There is death involved in the you getting your rights. There's death involved in in our attitudes not being like that of Christ. There is death involved in these kinds of things. Does that make sense? I just found that interesting. Tuck it away. Trivia. Uh, So we have this. It should not be just something that overwhelms us. But then Paul goes right in. And I want you, we've spent enough time talking about the other Because I want you to hear the good news. Because the good news is that the gift, the charisma, sounds like charisma, doesn't it? The charisma of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Now charisma is something that when you're in the the presence of someone with a lot of charisma, it just feels good, doesn't it? feels good for you. You just feel like you're part of it. You're one together. You're enjoying this time together. And Paul says the charisma of God is eternal life. 
It means a quality of life that is so good and so strong that nothing, not even death, can take it from you. Does that sound like something you'd like to get? You can't get this at Premark, trust me. But it is a gift. It is a gift that God longs to give you. And better than that, now we're going to jump back up into verse 22. Better than that. Let's, let's read this. Now that you all, and that's a plural you, have been set free from sin. Everybody say set free. Do you hear the good news there? It means that you and me and us together do not have to live chained to that suitcase that has all the things that leave us unprepared for what life throws at us. But that God in His charisma, in His charisma, in His gift, in His, the word grace comes from this also, is willing to give you everything you need. And he says, the fruit of being set free from sin, from being unchained, unshackled from that suitcase that has all the stuff in it that doesn't help you at all, leads to holiness. Another big word. But I want you to know it means that you can know that you have everything you need. Holiness is a synonym for wholeness. That God has given you into your suitcase all the things that you need for your life. He has given you His strength, His Spirit, His compassion, His power. And this holiness leads you into that quality of life that we say is eternal. Nothing can take it from you. That should be good news to you. What does this feel like? Instead of trying to explain to you all of the theology and stimulate your intellect, My hunch is it feels very similar to taking off a sweatshirt on a hot, hot day and getting in to a short sleeve t-shirt and shorts that just feels right. It feels appropriate. It feels like I'm ready for the day. It feels like God has blessed you with all that you need. For that work relationship. For your relationship with your family. With your kids. In school, or now you're in summertime. That God has just set you free and allowed you to move in His charisma. To actually shoot and hit the mark of being compassionate and grace-filled. If you want to know what that looks like, turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12 and read down through. It means that you can give your alive body to God and God can use that in the world. You can actually be humble and you can begin to move in the rhythms of God's grace in your relationships, in your families. You will have what you need in your suitcase. And that, my friends, is good news. So my question to us today is, where do you see yourself here? Are you still chained to that big suitcase that's full of the heavy clothes that you don't need anymore? Would you like God 
to give you what you need? Are you tired of just getting meat price after meat price after meat price and you just see how it's killing your relationships? It's, it's literally killing you. It's, it's, it's hurting and harming. Are you ready to let go of that and move into the cool rhythms of God's holiness that leads to a life so strong even death will not take it from you? I don't know about you, but I long to see that fruit come full maturity in my life. What about you? What about us together? What would it look like if we were that kind of church? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, If we're honest, sometimes sometimes what we have in our life suitcase leaves us unprepared. And so we need to do some unpacking. And so I'm so grateful that we had this church that was unprepared and couldn't quite get things together and we had brother Paul who writes a letter reminds us that the playing field is level we're all that way we all have stuff in our suitcases or junk in our trunk that just doesn't doesn't seem to help us so father we come to you today And we're reminded of the good news that your charisma, your gift, your grace can give us everything we need for eternal life. Life that is strong. Life that builds up relationships. Life that changes our attitudes from the inside out. Life that helps and doesn't harm Life that is strong. And so we pray that you would help us to receive from you all we need. And the good news that even beyond that, that we can actually leave the suitcase behind. We can be unchained from missing the mark. And we can live into wholeness knowing we have everything we need. I pray that today we would accept this great gift and we would begin to live in the rhythms of your grace, showing your compassion to those around us. For we ask this in your name.